sorry, I did this thing. Like, we're on video, but you're not listening. You're not going to see this because, like, <laughs> I have this, like, blaring neon light on me right now. It's, so your, just, it's your halo. It's my halo. Oh, halo. <laughs> Either that or it looks like you're about to jump into Queen's uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Ooh, but, yeah. yeah. That's later. That's later in the show. Yes. <laughs> that will be the grand finale. <laughs> you had a new idea what you were getting into. That was a duet. It's a duet. Thank you. So Peter Priesthood Podcast. This is your host Jake. Um, I am right at the top. Have a couple announcements that you can uh, please go to iTunes and rate and review and subscribe. I keep forgetting to say that because you know I just I'm new to this and I run a really professional podcast, you know. And uh, uh, also, if you can rate a review, rate. Oh my God! Um, if you can review, that would be great. But um, only if you love me. So. I don't want, I love the hate, but I also only, only love the love on the reviews. So anyway, actually do whatever the fuck you want. Um, so also um, send your stories and your um, your gripes to me at notsopeterpriesthood at gmail.com. And with that, I have nothing else to say for my announcements because ain't shit going on. I guess that's my new tagline because that's all I just say. So <laughs> without further ado, I have a wonderful guest tonight. Today, it's, well, I'm going to say tonight because it's tonight. So um, this is Becky. Uh, welcome, Becky, to the podcast. How are you? I am wonderful. Thank you for having me. Yeah, this is awesome. It's been, we've been in this like, back and forth of um, trying to get this to go, um, not just tonight in like the recording and technical issues, but with like everything. Because <laughs> life. Life. life in general, yeah, mm-hmm. it just happens. So, and it sounds like you got a lot going on, but that's, that's how it is. But um, <laughs> but it's good to have you on. <laughs> oh, thank you. I'm, I'm really thrilled to be here. I'm, I'm very honored that you asked me to, to be on here, so. Yeah. Well, I feel like um, you have a lot to, like, from what I've seen on your Instagram, you have a lot to, that would be valuable for the listeners and for, um, that needs to get out there. And I mean, every experience is valid and I just, more voices we can get out there that can help people, the, the better. So. I agree. I agree. <laughs> so um, let's see, if you want to get into, I mean, maybe your uh, your background. Sorry, I did this thing. Like we're on video, but you're not listeners. You're not gonna see this because, like, <laughs> I have this like blaring neon light on me right now. So it's, just, your, it's your halo. It's my halo. Oh, halo. Yeah. <laughs> either that, or it looks like you're about to jump into Queen's uh, Bohemian Rhapsody. Ooh, but, yeah. yeah. That's later. That's later in the show. Yes, <laughs> that will be the grand finale. <laughs> you had a new idea what you were getting into. That was a duet. It's a duet, Becky. <laughs> I, I, I need I need a little more room for this. <laughs> do you want to take the high or do you want to take the low? Like which well, one? <laughs> uh, is, isn't high better? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. 
Yeah, we've um, listeners. I've been drinking rum since two p.m. I made that that mistake earlier. Um, not two a.m. <laughs> it's not two a.m. It has not been that bad, and this is not an intervention. At least I don't think it is. Maybe Becky's going to come at me with something later. Maybe, maybe that's maybe. the real grand finale. She's like, oh, you're really going to sing Queen. But actually, we're going to have like some letters for you from some <laughs> listeners. <laughs> that's right. We're going we're gonna to have this whole support something going on. I don't even know. <laughs> have you seen that show, Intervention? I haven't. Do you remember that one? I I never watched all of it. I would always get to this the part where they're like they do the actual intervention, which is uh-huh. I mean the point of the show, but it's like they just read letters. They like get get in a room and like I don't know. I just I feel like that's so awkward. I don't know. That's such a <laughs> I guess that's a the point of it. Anyway. Probably. But yeah. what's really funny is my my ex husband uh participated in the um the twelve steps for porn addiction. Oh. So, um, he and he was a, and I don't know if he's still, I have no idea, but he was one of the moderators for the group uh, when he lived in Tennessee when we were still married. And, uh, I, and I always felt it was a little awkward and weird, but you know, <laughs> maybe it helps some people. And, and if it did, that's yeah. awesome. But, yeah. uh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so it was intervention every Sunday. <laughs> Intervention Sunday. (laughs) (laughs) So um, we can get into your your background a little bit if you want. Um, Like kind of a little bit. uh, I had started before we started recording and I cut her off rudely. I said, um, oh, this is good stuff. We got to get, let me record. So um, we, I asked her about her family. So I guess we can go with that. Um, And you were you have i'll let you it's your <laughs> you'll let me take over <laughs> yeah take over <laughs> okay so i i was telling jake i got married at um at 19 uh i did attend byu but i did not meet him at byu i met him actually during summer break i had come home and he lived here and we um we dated that summer we got married in december um Wait, summer, and then you got married in December? Yep, he proposed wow. in August. It, it was definitely one of those typical Mormon, all the things. Yeah. <laughs> it was it was really fast. Um, and for me, it was interesting because my parents had just gone through a divorce. And it was this thing where it was, okay, um, he meets all the criteria that the church says is um, what you need in order to have a successful marriage and relationship. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, he was a term missionary. He like, I mean, just all the things and filled all the boxes. Right? Yeah. And, and for me, it was this fear, you know, because my parents who'd been together forever uh, and I thought they'd be together forever. Um, it was really scary to me that they had just gone through this divorce. And so I'm like, oh, well, here's this guy, he, you know, checks all the boxes and this is what the church says. And so there was this fear that, you know, if I didn't take this opportunity that, you know, what, what will happen to me? You know, just all the things, all the things that you're taught. Um, and so we did, we got married in December. Um, there was a little bit of an issue about a month before we got married, his mom approached me with, again, just a product of the, the programming and, and the system. Just, um, she'd heard a rumor that I was on birth control 
And, oh, we had, we had a discussion and it was a discussion that my mom was present for, um, because that's not how I, I, she was raised my mother-in-law at the time. And I, and I love her to pieces. Now we still have a good relationship. Um, but she had been raised that you get married and you have kids right away. And, um, that's not how I was raised. Uh, I, I was raised in the quote mission field. And, um, there was just a lot of things that, that I was not taught. Um, that I think a lot of people in, in Utah were, um, and so I was raised, you know, get an education and, you know, of course have a family, but that's not something that has to happen right away. Um, and she was taught, my mother-in-law was taught, you don't go on birth control, birth control is wrong. It's evil. It's, you know, all the things that were taught in the seventies. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, um, she came and had a conversation with me, a, a come to Jesus, if you will. And I was like, you know, that's cool if you feel that way, but I don't feel that way. I, we're going to have to agree to disagree here. Uh, I'm going to get my degree. My parents just went through a divorce. I am not planning on getting married and not have at least a bachelor's degree um, to fall back on. What if something happens to my husband? What if we get divorced? What if whatever? And uh, anyway, so it was this whole thing. So and we ended up having five kids together. And my oldest is, we were just saying she turns 21 next month and she's very excited to have her first adult beverage. (laughs) (laughs) Yes, she's very excited. Uh, And then I have an 18, 16, 13 and 10 year old. Um, So, yeah. And and, um, I mean, they're all really, really great kids. Um, Their dad is very staunch LDS. Um, He's he's remarried. He lives. uh, He moved to Utah a few years ago, and um, he only asks to visit the younger two at this point because they're the young. They're they're the ones that can be influenced, right? Right. At this point, that's what I was thinking when you said that was that they they're uh, moldable still. So yeah, although he did experience this last summer uh, with my 13 year old daughter that she is not quite moldable anymore she's really starting to i mean she's 13 she's she thinks for herself she stands up to him and he's like hmm so i don't know if he'll be requesting that she visits next summer Uh, or the summer after that but let me tell you those uh that age sassy like they they start getting there like um i have a little sister that's 14 and like the sass like i just yes. she she's given my parents the run for the money you know and it's just, but they start forming their own opinions you know mm-hmm. at the, especially at that time and they're very adamant about letting you know where, where they stand and absolutely I, yeah. and that's good though uh, i, good I agree she, I think good, it's good that she feels comfortable telling you know standing yeah. up to him though Instead of just being a follower, because um, my oldest, when she was 14, and she'll tell you this, she was very much a follower at age 14, 13, um, very much a people pleaser. Uh, She is not anymore. (laughs) She's not anymore. But I think it's because she was given that safe space to be like, if you don't want to be a follower, it's okay. Let's talk about like how you feel about this. Not just, you don't have to agree with everything that, that your parents, but, but it's, you know, it was very different her being you know, having times where she visited her dad versus, you know, spending time in my home because, you know, honestly, when I left the church, my parenting changed a hundred. I mean, I, it did 180. Um, I became a, 
person who had no idea what they were doing with anything, <laughs> you know, um, and parenting was the same way. And I honestly feel like it, it didn't, it served my children well, because we had that opportunity to um, figure that out together in a lot of ways, just, you know, Hey, I, I may not know what I'm doing as a parent, but I will tell you right now, how I feel about this. Let's talk about how you feel about this and then come together and find a solution that feels good for all of us. Um, and there's been very, very, very few times that I've had to put my foot down and say, you know what, we don't agree with this, but since I'm your mom, this is how we're going to do it. For the most part though, it's been very much this, um, space of mutual respect. And I'm going to, I'm going to hear you out until you feel like you're heard. Um, but I would also like for you to hear me out too, so that we can, you know, come together here. And I would have never done that as a member. Never. It was, you know, this, you do this and that's it. There's no gray area. There's no whatever it's right, wrong, you know, and that's it. So it's, it's been such an interesting road <laughs> as a parent, especially as a single parent. It's interesting that you bring that, like, um, cause I, like, I feel like the church like gives you this framework to, to go on obviously. And like, this is how you parent. And like, this is, um, I've talked to with, with my, with Eric, we talked about the, um, he was in another episode where we talked about kind of the light, the uh, milestones that you go through in the church where it's, especially as a guy where it's, you get the, you go baptized confirmation, you get the, and you get the priesthood and then you get the, um, and as a young woman, you get the, um, the young women's medallion and all that mm -hmm. stuff. You go through the young women's program and, um, and boy scouts. And then you also go on missions and you do the temple, you know, there's all these milestones. So it's kind of like this in built in framework. So I just, um, and I also, when you were talking about that, there was a talk, I don't, I think it was Bednar um, that was talking, <laughs> um, a little heartburn there, so I don't know. <laughs> um, yeah, I think I could be wrong, but there was a talk I remember where he was talking about um, the dangers of the gray areas and um, does that, I don't know, it might've been in a priesthood session. I don't know. Anyway. And how the church doesn't operate in the gray and that the more society like gets more evil, quote unquote, is the more things become gray. And that there's no, there is no, because the church doesn't operate in the gray, like it's either black or white. So the fact that you brought that up is interesting that, that you saw that, but it's also like in a, in a way that's um, not the way they meant it to be. Like they want to, they want you to see it as like, that's a good thing. Whereas like gray areas are where, where we grow. And also like, it's where you, you can find your, your path. I don't know. Does yes. that make sense? Like, no, that makes total sense because I, I feel like when you are, um, at least for me and the, and, and I've not talked to very, very many people that this experience is different for, but for me, I felt like my growth was very stunted as a member. Um, Absolutely. I feel like because it was so black and white and so laid out for you, um, I felt like my ability to grow reached a certain point and then it just kind of stopped. Mm -hmm. um, and since I have left and 
really discover what agency is all about. <laughs> I mean, because I feel like in the church, it was okay. If you choose this then you're going to be punished, you know, kind of a mm -hmm. thing. And that's actually kind of, it's interesting. Cause that's kind of the way um, my kid's dad parents them. If they make a decision that is not what he wants them to do, whether that is right or wrong or indifferent, if it's just not what he wants them to do, there is a punishment that's involved. Um, and, and, and he will frame it as, well, this is just accountability. You know, this is, you make a choice and, and you're accountable. And, and this is the, um, what's the word? Consequences yes, for the your action. Your mm -hmm. um, but I don't, feel, <laughs> I feel like that's not really how the world works. That's not really how life is. Yeah, there's for sure consequences for choices. But the fact of the matter is, is it's not you make a decision that is quote wrong and you get punished for it. It's more like you make a decision that I don't know, maybe doesn't add up a hundred percent and yeah, things happen, but you learn from, it's not necessarily this, I don't know, like but my, no, when, oh, when my kids screw up, I'm not like, okay, they need to be punished, whatever. No, it's more like, okay, let's talk about this. You lied about X, Y, or Z. Let's talk about like what that means because it's not like you lied, you get punished. It's you lie and whoever you lie to no longer trusts you. Let's talk about that consequence and what that means for you and for that person and for your relationship. You know, like, and mm -hmm. I feel like that's different than you lie, you get punished. You, you lie, you get your phone taken away. You lie, you're grounded. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like it's more like, okay, let's talk about long-term. What does this actually mean for you? Let's talk about real life, not mm -hmm. just, I don't know. Um, because I feel like when you, when you put it in those terms, that's where the formation of character comes from is understanding what, not just, I'm going to get grounded if I do X, Y, or Z, but if I do this, this affects X, Y, and Z. And this is how it impacts me. And this is how it impacts somebody that I really care about. And maybe I need to rethink how I do that or change what I do in the future. Or maybe I need to figure out how I can earn that person's trust back or, you know what I'm saying? Like, I feel like there's, there's a difference there and that's where the growth really comes from. Um, you know, I, I feel like when I was a member, it was, um, is that your dog? <laughs> that's cute. Um, I feel like when you're a member, it's, I do X, Y, and Z and I get blessings. I'm going to get blessings from doing X, Y, and Z. I'm going to get blessings from uh, giving so much that I have literally nothing left to get, but I'm going to get blessings for doing yeah. that. Um, as opposed to, uh, I don't know. Does that make sense? Yeah. <laughs> like, no. So um, I think, um, of course she starts barking when I start talking rude. <laughs> hey. Um, so I, um, it's like the tangible, um, punishments like that are like the short term like let's take your phone away the and um or you're grounded like that doesn't really teach them any like it doesn't i feel like that doesn't teach that like and giving them something more about like this is let's talk about why like you're the the lying um 
example, like, let's talk about why you lied. Let's talk about, because um, I know, I mean, everybody's lied before. I mean, for sure. Um, but like, <laughs> yeah, like, and I think about like when I lie, like, what are my motivations behind that? Like, what am I? And I think the big motivation behind it is fear of like your, um, how the, how that person's going to react or like how it will make you look or that kind of thing. And, um, it goes back to your character and, um, you're trying to protect something. And so you're, I, there's, um, whether it's, you know, what, it, whatever the consequence, whatever the circumstances are, but like, um, because you're trying to protect something, you have to figure out what you're trying to protect rather than um, like, rather than like the actual incident of the lying mm -hmm. and then, um, and figure out like in the future, when I feel this way, what am I going to do? And like, mm -hmm. this is what will people think if I'm honest, then I can just like move past it and they will, it actually might be better. And then the fear goes away. Like as you, become more authentic and more like and you don't have that fear anymore mm -hmm. do you do you think that um do, do you think that people uh, i just totally lost my train of thought but i mean just talking about fear and authenticity do you do you feel that they're there's maybe that sense of fear in what people are going to think because image is so strong as a member of the church that. Oh yeah. Um, yeah, absolutely. I, so when I was, I think about like, so I was one of those missionaries that went when I probably shouldn't have, because like, according to the church's regulations, cause I'd been doing things I wasn't supposed to, you know, I was, pornography, you know, um, masturbation, whatever. But I was, I lied to the leaders of the, you know, like to my bishop, to the stake president, because I, because of that fear, you know, and because of the, um, the fear of the consequences of what I would look like mm -hmm. and what that would also do to my parents because it reflects on them. And so, yeah. and I, I know I'm not alone, no. but like, it's a reflection on the parents, but they put that on, that's the church's framework. Like we've been mm -hmm. talking about, like it's the church's framework that your, your children's actions reflect on you. Mm -hmm. And then, and so it makes you look like you're also a sinner somehow by like association, which is also mm -hmm. a shame thing. And then, so the shame isn't just on the person that's actually doing the thing, but it's also on anybody that's, associated so then they yeah. feel mm -hmm. like how can we face our neighbors you know how can we go to church now if you knowing that you've come home early or knowing that you didn't even go or like because people are going to ask us why isn't your son on a mission like what's his what's his deal like because they're nosy you know like they're nosy but like it's just the yeah um the did, you, did you grow up in utah uh utah and idaho so okay, yeah, okay. But, so so yeah <laughs> yeah mormonville like <laughs> yeah. so it's because because i do feel like that's a different culture than and i and i really hate the term it like oh it's like nails on a chalkboard for me but when people call anything outside of it that the quote mission field oh that pisses me off so bad but because okay. i never i mean i went to byu that's the only time that i lived in utah 
Mm. Um, I, li- I lived it. I was born in Michigan and then I moved to Tennessee when I was 11. So like, I've always lived in the quote mission field, but I do feel like it's a very, very different culture in Utah, Arizona, Idaho, like mm-hmm. those really highly Mormon populations. That parts it, of California it, that are that yes. way too. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, Las Vegas even. Yeah. Which is so funny. <laughs> <laughs> of all places. Yeah. <laughs> um, but I feel like, I feel like the, it's not just what you do on Sunday and Wednesday nights. It's literally a 24 seven. Like I cannot even wrap my brain around that because yeah, I think I probably would have left the church a lot earlier, to be honest with you. Because so, I, no, go ahead. I was, when I say I was entrenched in the church, I was, it was everything. So I was, uh, grew up in Utah, moved to Idaho when I was 16, and then uh, went on a mission at 19. But before that, I had gone, I had gone to school at Utah State for a year. That's it. And that felt a little like people were like, oh, Utah State. Like, oh, it's not BYU. You know, like I was just whatever. And then, but it still had a large church influence. Like I went to the Institute and all that stuff. But like, um, and then went on my mission into the, you know, mission field, like in Florida, you know, and that's it. So I have a couple, another thing, a little digression on this. Like, uh, my aunt, when she found out I was going to Florida, she had said, well, don't go before she knew I was gay. Um, she said, don't marry a girl. Don't go get on your mission and bring a girl back from Florida. And she's like, because shit, you not. This is what she said. She said, um, because the girls out there are out there are not as righteous oh. as the ones here. Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah. And I was just like, I remember thinking about that and I was just like, what is she like? Did she really just say that? Like, (laughs) she's like, there's just something about them out in the mission field that is um, different because they aren't raised like us. And I was just like, yeah. Um, But then got back from a mission, went to BYU, Idaho, like fully into it, worked at Walmart for a little bit, which was, uh, interesting but then then I worked at Desert Book like so I was going to school with a church school and I was working with a church store so I was in it deep and that is BYU Idaho is where my hatred for the church kind of came out because I could just see the bullshit I could just see the the culture the it's and, like BYU Provo on steroids from what I've heard Oh, yeah. it's um, because it's smaller and so there's mm-hmm. they're able to police it easier yes. yeah yes oh my lanta no i cannot even imagine i cannot even imagine mm-hmm. i mean i feel like byu pro was i mean and I, and i will i will say my first year and a half at byu provo i really enjoyed it i had amazing roommates um, and I think that's probably why we were, we were very, con- and we still keep in touch to this day. I'm the only one who's out of the church of, um, we had adopted one. She's actually the one that I'm closest to. So instead of there being, um, six of us, there were seven of us. Um, <laughs> and, um, we still like, we still get together for reunions every now and again. And I love them so much, but I think the reason that I had such a good experience there was because 
we were just deeply connected and not just because of the church, if that makes sense. Like there were other things that connected us to one another and other experiences that connected us to one another. And so when I left the church and when like my, my uh, one roommate that I'm closest to Katie, she, she was really funny because she, the, the reunion that we had, she was like, let's go ahead and just put this out there. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> so everyone knows so that Becky's not spending the entire reunion being, you know, super self-conscious or nervous or whatever. And so she just like, somebody asked me what, what calling I had, I think. And so Katie's like, okay, let's just, you know, and so we did, we were actually sitting at cafe Rio and like had this whole thing. And, um, but everyone was like, you know, it's okay. We know people who have questioned the church. It's cool. We love you. Like, mm-hmm. that's not why we're friends because of oh, the church, you know that's awesome. yeah. it was it was incredible but i i think that's really the only reason i had such a great experience the first year and, a half, and then i got married and after that it kind of all i was just like let i just need to get my degree so we can get the hell out of provo because i can't stand provo <laughs> <laughs> oh, yeah. but no and i think that that has a lot to do with it i can't i i would think that if i was in a situation like that like a byu idaho or really any other situation where it was all about the church and image and blah, 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 blah. I think it would be a completely different experience. So well, it's just so exhausting. I don't know how they do it. Like, I really don't like the people that actually believe, like, I just don't understand how you can keep that uh, image up all the time and just be like, this is what I'm going to do. This is what I'm going to do. Even if you like, everybody has their, you know, weaknesses, whatever. But like, I, like as a, I was fighting, you know, my grief over my sister who passed away, but also like um, the the same. Ugh, I'm not. Can't believe I almost said that. My being gay, like I almost said, same sex attraction, which always makes me gag when I hear that. Um, yes, yes. But like that's what I was fighting, and during like being while being inundated with the church all around me, 24/7, and so I just I don't. Um, I, but like, even if you don't have those things that are like also a 24 hour battle, you know, it's like an every, but then you're also like inundated by the church on the other side. You're just like, I can't do it. But like, there's some things that people like, I don't know, like talk, let's talk about like, like maybe body image issues like that are brought on by the church. But like, uh, say you have, say you're like eating disorders that are common in Mormon women um, and it's because of the the culture of the church and the, the culture of how they how women are supposed to be this perfect image for the man and they're just supposed to be like a vessel for them basically mm-hmm. and you can only you have to make them yourself as attractive as possible and then um, well, I, so I, I have something oh. finish that thought but I have uh, remind me later I've got something to say about that. Because yeah, no, perfect. Um, I I really didn't mean to go here, but like I think the um, like that's also a twenty-four hour like all day like you're it's gonna a lifetime battle, you know, and just like like being gay is a quote-unquote battle, you know, like it's just (laughs) but they the church doesn't address those things. They don't they don't it's not built for those to like and it doesn't give you rest from those things it's where it's supposed to it's supposed to be church is supposed to be and they they advertise themselves as being something a place you can go for safety and away from those things but it, 
becomes entirely opposite because it builds in this um this like this expectation of you that you have to be a certain image and that's um it's damaging anyway we can go go to what your um your point of what you were going to make about that well i was going to say um there's another piece of that mm -hmm. like as far as because i i i at least what i've observed in utah for example there's that image that mold um i've talked to so many people who one of my really good friends that lives her name is megan she um goes to Utah several times a year, family there and things like that. But she has said, oh my gosh, everybody here looks the same. And I'm like, yes, everybody yeah. here looks the same. Like they right. literally look the same, the blonde, the, like they dress the same, like all of the above. Well, one of the things that's really interesting is, um, so within my marriage, um, my, my husband was, and, and it's not why we got divorced. Um, but he was a, a pornography addict, um, mm. really deeply affected our marriage, but it affected him in, on so many levels. Um, so, so many levels, um, to the point where after we got divorced, he had our oldest child go through, um, I'm trying to think of the name of the program. Um, for the guys, it was called like Sons of Helaman or something like that. Oh, that's you know what I'm about? yeah, I do. Yeah. And and for the guys, it's that, but they have a separate program for young women. Oh, really? I didn't mm -hmm. know that. Okay. And he was having Lydia go through it. And Lydia, oh my goodness, it was awful. She would come back from weekends and just just ball just lose it because in these um it was like a group therapy type setting sort of a thing but in them she came I mean she came back and she went through a period in high school where she only wore clothes that were super big super baggy because she's like I can't wear anything that would put a bad idea in a guy's head or a bad thought in a guy's head. Like she literally felt like it was her responsibility. And as a result, like there was some weight gain, there was some just like, no, because if I'm bigger, like people won't, you know what I'm saying? Like she felt mm -hmm. like it was her responsibility to make sure that nobody had a bad thought. And I don't even know if she will remember this because, um, I really think it was super traumatic for her at the time, but I also feel like that idea and that teaching is, was very passive aggressively also taught to her, her two siblings. And so it wasn't this eating disorder, like trying to fit into a mold sort of a thing. It was more of a, um, I have to do everything in my power so that the men around me don't get any bad thoughts. And that is a really shitty place to, to put. Well, and he, and he would make comments to me too, when we were married, you know, when I, when I, um, breastfed my kids, I, my breasts got really big and I was always really super self-conscious about them. Um, but it was, uh, he would make comments about shirts that I would wear. Like I would finally find a shirt that I'm like, oh my gosh, I feel comfortable in this. And I would like bend over and pick something up and he's be, he, he would be like, oh my gosh, you can see your cleavage. And it would be like, 
shit, there's no shirt out there where you can't because I'm so huge trying to nourish no. this, doing all the things that I'm supposed to do as I'm, you know, and, and, you know, he, he just, he would make comments like that all the time. And I always, always felt terrible about what I would wear. Like, I felt like I couldn't even go to the grocery store because somebody would think something um, bad or dirty because my breasts were big, you know, it, it just was, it was so frustrating, so frustrating. Um, so I, I do feel like there's, there's not even like, I feel like there's two extre- extremes of those places for, for women to be in, in the church. But I also feel like, um, there, I, I feel like men are just as much, uh, uh, um, hurt by that purity culture that whatever I feel like they are also um affected by it so I I don't know the whole but the whole thing just sucks and is super unhealthy (laughs) no absolutely I I'm glad you brought that up because I've um I think we talk and it's uh we do definitely like the big um like women get brought up a lot with that purity culture because it's it's an obvious and um but men do get affected by it and I feel like um but it's in a different way I don't mm-hmm. know um but when you talked about like I actually just had this conversation with my little sister um when we went to Florida she she wears like little short shorts to go to bed you know like for she's 14 like whatever yeah. and yeah. like who cares, you know, yeah. and, um, and we're in Florida. So it's not, she had had a conversation. Yeah. Like she's not going to wear wool jammies to bed, yeah. you know, like cover herself up. Like here I am. Like, I also like she and I shared a room. So I would just like, I would wear a shirt and shorts to bed, you know, and like, and I would take off my shirt, like when, you know, whenever, you know, and it was fine, like whatever. And then, um, and she's like, just um in shorts and a t-shirt also you know totally fine we go to my parents room where um my mom my my sister my older sister and her kids are there and she has uh, like 12 year old boys and um the uh like immediately we went in for dinner and because we were just like getting all together for dinner before bed or for snacks before bed or whatever. And um, immediately my sister, my older sister turns to my 14 year old sister. And it was like, she just whispers to her and she said, you need to wear longer pants around the boys. And it's like, um, first of all, there's so many things problematic with that because they're your cousins. Like, yes. Cousins versus she's, she's technically, she's biologically my niece. So they're technically her cousins, but like, they're also like, she's kind of there anyway. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but uh, like they're related. So like if they're having those thoughts, that's a different story, yeah, but also that's, like that's up on its own, but <laughs> putting that responsibility on my sister, on my little sister is not right. Like mm-hmm. instead of having the conversation with the kid, the boys and being like, girls are not responsible for your thoughts like Mm -hmm. just because they're wearing stuff that is revealing doesn't mean that they you know like instead of having that conversation let's have the let's talk to the girl and put it on her and say don't be wearing that around the boys Mm -hmm. and don't be wearing that like don't 
you know, it's just can put bad thoughts. And we went to the beach and my brother-in-law had the conversation with those boys and said, there's going to be women in bikinis, but don't be staring at them. And I was like, I get that. That's, you know, to a point where they, you don't want to be disrespectful and be like rude and like, just, but like, also you're also putting it in their heads that they're out there. The women are out there for, for you, for your enjoyment and for, and that by staring they're you know, you're, you're projecting it on them, you know? And Mm -hmm. I just, so many things wrong with that. But I think um, because of that, that's where men get, involved in the, the purity cultures because it 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 also informs them to think that way like mm-hmm. oh the girls women are an object for me to and they're just a vessel they're just a you know they're just um they're responsible for it's the scarlet letter mentality yeah. of like yeah. oh they um she's you know the salem witch trial mentality that's been around forever you know but like mm-hmm. Um, she's a, she's the one that put that on me and Mm -hmm. it's not taking responsibility for your own thoughts and that's damaging in itself. And, um, for me, it wasn't a problem because I wasn't looking at the girls, but (laughs) (laughs) I digress. But I mean, yeah, I, um, <laughs> you gotta laugh at some point, right? I, um, absolutely. <laughs> That's awesome. So, um, I guess I don't know if you had any more points on that, but, um, do you, so you got married young, you had your five kids, and then, um, and did you live in, you lived in the quote unquote mission field right after you, mm-hmm. while we, while you were having the kids and I, so I, I had, so I had Lydia November of 2000 took my last final at BYU. And I don't remember it was December, you know, like that next month and literally came home from the final. We hopped in the moving truck and left. <laughs> now wow. part of it was, part of it was like, I can't to get out of promo. Really, I don't blame you. <laughs> the reality was there was that that was a winter where there was a lot of storms that were kind of moving across and we were trying to get like we were there was one ice storm that had hit and there was another one coming and we were trying to like go in between them. Oh, you're so trying to make we, Yeah. So we could get back to Tennessee by Christmas, really. Oh. Um, so yeah, that was that was that was the whole reason. But you know, it's it's a lot more fun to say. Well, I just couldn't get we, couldn't <laughs> <laughs> but yeah. So we we did. We lived in we lived just south of Nashville for I don't even know. Um I'm trying to think. We got married in ninety eight and divorced in two thousand fourteen. And then he got, I don't even remember when he got remarried, 2016, maybe. Um, yeah, that's probably right. Probably 2016. Um, and then he moved to Utah. I don't even know. 2019, maybe. Oh. That's probably right. Um, so, yeah. So he lived, he lived here for, I don't know. What is that? 
20-ish years. 20-ish years, yeah. Yeah, and then moved back to Utah. So. Oh, wow. And then, um, so can we can we talk about, like, what led you to leave the church? Or, yeah, um, absolutely. Um, and what's interesting is it happened in conjunction with the divorce, but one didn't affect the other, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Like, um so you're you're probably gonna laugh, but I started questioning the church when I was at BYU. <laughs> no, honestly, like I just said, like I I started like hating and questioning yeah. it all when I was at BYU Idaho. So yeah, I yeah, I guess that's true. <laughs> um, I guess that's true. Um, I have I've always been, and that's really okay. That's really interesting because um, today I uh, it's Saturday and I spent the day deep cleaning the house right and i usually listen to podcasts and so you know i have this huge queue of podcasts and one of the ones that i really had wanted to listen to was um it's a it's a recent mormon stories one where john Dillon interviews john john larson and he talks about the martin willie handcart company oh i heard about that one yeah okay and so I've always been, I've always loved history. I, I love, I just love stories about people. I love um, just our humanity. I, I love, uh, you know, we make mistakes. I love the things that we get right every once in a while. I love all of that. And so when I went to BYU and you had to, you know, fulfill so many um, uh, uh, church, whatever credits, right. Um, mm-hmm. in order to graduate. And so I'm like, let me up for the church history classes, right? Because I'm, you know, I'm like, I loved, I loved them. Um, and I happened to just fall in love with the teaching style of one of the teachers. Um, his name was, I think it was Andrew Hedges and he taught church history and he also taught DNC. So of course, you know, I loved him. So I like also slid over and, and, um, took his DNC classes too. Well, um, as a poor college student, one of the things that I, I loved about church classes is that the church um, textbooks were really inexpensive, right? However, Dr. Hedges had a, a, um, a like a supplement packet that you had to purchase for his church history class, and it was big. It was a big supplemental packet, and it was it was it was more expensive than the church history handbook. And I remember just kind of whining and complaining about having to get this whatever, this extra whatever. I still have it. It is downstairs on my bookshelf. Um, he taught history, but he taught it in such a way. He taught it like a history class, not like a we're going to go by this textbook and we're going to do like everything that's in the textbook. He was like, no, nope, I've done my own research. There are things that are not in this textbook that are important to understand about the church's history. Oh, that's interesting. That is, un, unfiltered by the Mormon lens. So that's, yes. That's yes. awesome. Uh, yeah. He no longer teaches at BYU, and I would really love to know why. <laughs> but I bet it could be because place. of that. It very well could be because of that. Because that's when I first learned about the different versions of the first vision. That's when I learned a lot about polygamy. Um, it's it, There was a lot of stuff in there that really helped, that really started, you know, building, uh, putting some pressure on that shelf. And that's when I started really questioning the church because polygamy had always been something that really, really bothered me. Um, but it was something that I didn't really delve into because honestly, it scared me because it scared me that if I delved into that, that I would lose my faith. And so I just never did. So learning um, a little bit more about that at BYU was 
you know, that was really interesting. So, um, but there were certain stories that always, um, I don't know, like touched me to my core. And, and like one of those was the Martin Willie Hancart story. Um, he, I remember him going into detail in that class about that experience. And, but of course they only include the faith promoting stuff, you know? Mm -hmm. And so, uh, so hearing what John, John Larson said, and how it um, how it built on the things that my professor had taught was uh, heartbreaking, very eye opening for sure. But it was just one of those things that I was like, you know, I'm really grateful for this teacher who taught history as well as he could, not because he was a member of the church and was only doing the, you know the church's agenda, but because he truly had a, a deep love and passion for history and what history means to all of us. Um, so anyway, so that's when I started questioning things, um, you know, got married when I went through the temple, holy shit, you know, oh. mm-hmm. um, that was awful. It was awful. And I remember going through the temple and people saying, you're going to have questions just know that you can ask these questions later. And I remember leaving the temple going good because I've got like a bajillion questions and I feel terrible, but I'm getting married tomorrow and blah, 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 you know, like all the things. And I remember later, like after I got married, um, asking some of the questions to some of the temple workers when I had gone back to do sessions and them saying, you don't need to be asking those questions, <laughs> like really uncomfortable with me asking these questions. And I'm like, wait, I was told that it was okay, but it was only okay to do it in the temple. And so that's why I'm, you know, uh, you know, and, and I remember talking <laughs> about mixed to my, messages. <laughs> yes. And I remember talking to my husband about it and he would just like, listen and nod his head, but just like, okay, you don't need to be, you know, like, that was like just we don't need to go there. Yeah. 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 Um, so it was just another one of those things where I was like, okay, maybe I just don't have enough faith. Maybe I just need, I just need to keep going in the temple. And one of these days it's just going to click and whatever. And of course that never happened. Um, and when my husband came to me and said, Hey, I've got this issue with pornography and he went and talked to the Bishop about it. And the Bishop was just going to slap his wrist. Well, the the um, amount of ways that he went about doing it um, in ways that were uh, not being honest with like his employer and things like that, like the lengths that he would go to um, to view it to whatever. Like I don't I don't know. I was just like okay over the pulpit. I'm hearing this is a major thing, you know. And, but he's just getting a slap on the wrist. Like, which one is it? Is it a major thing or is it not a major thing? Because what you're saying is one thing, but your actions are not adding up. And that was what what my experience in the church was like a hundred percent, you know, words and actions just did not add up. And I am such a literal person that that really deeply affected me. And so, um, I, I remember just kind of pulling back that rug of all these things that I had stuffed under just hoping that they would work themselves out when I was finally faithful enough. And I finally read my scriptures enough and prayed enough and blah, 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 you know, did all the things. And, um, 
and I started like really delving into stuff um, at that point. So my marriage was on the line. Like I knew that I couldn't have discussions with my husband about stuff. I knew that I couldn't have discussions with my bishop about stuff because of, you know, just all the, and I, and I just really started delving into stuff. Um, I remember going to see a therapist. My, my in-laws were <laughs> just amazing. Um, they, they knew that I was very close to ending my marriage and they live in a rural town in, in Southeastern Utah. And they were like, can we fly Becky out for three weeks, four weeks, five, whatever. So she could go see a therapist. Um, she could like, you know, cause at that point I had five kids, you know, one was a year old. Um, just things were not, I, I was very depressed. I was, I was, I was not in a good place at all. And they were just like, you know, can we fly her out? Can we, have her have some time alone and, and go see a therapist three days a week. And maybe that would whatever. And so I did, and they were very, very sweet and kind to do that. But I remember talking to this therapist and bringing up all of my questions and the therapist was just like, I get it. Um, and I don't have the answers for you. Um, and, and he was, he was great, but I still just kind of left just going, I, I like, still just what do don't, I do with that? Yeah. yeah I don't have a fucking clue what I'm gonna do. <laughs> so so um we started doing I came back to tennis and we started doing marriage therapy. And at that point, um it was it was it was at that point that I discovered that my husband was a passive aggressive narcissist. And that there was nothing, there was nothing that that we were gonna be able to do in our marriage to work it out to where the be a healthy space for me and for my kids. And so at that point, I'm like, this marriage is over, you know, whatever. But at that point it was like, Oh, I can, I can really, really dig into and accept the consequences of what the church history, like the actual history means to me. And so it really did happen simultaneously because I felt like I had the space to breathe and look into these, these things. And, um, it wasn't going to cost me my marriage, if that makes sense. Like I, I knew that my marriage was already over. So, um, so at that point, you know, we got divorced. Um, and I, I did keep going to church for a little while for the kids but after a little while of that, I was like, yeah, I can't, I can't, nope, no. I can't do this. So. Yeah. That's interesting. Yeah. Um, wow. I have, like, I think that um, I was always interested in that, well, not interested, it just bugged me, that dichotomy in the church of um, ask questions, but don't ask those questions. Right? And um, yes. if you're at, but ask questions uh but only um in the framework of like faith promoting and um like the uh but if you start questioning the church and like questioning the doctrine questioning the history that they're teaching you know and you go into that territory that you're not supposed to that forbidden land like yeah. i think of um Lion King, when he talks about that's the Shadowlands, we don't yes. go there, you know, like <laughs> yes. I just, uh, we don't go there. And so um, I think that always bugged me, especially so I'd, um, I'd get questions on my mission 
that people would just like bring up like uh i've talked about it before where like they talk about uh works like our works for before faith like that was a big one that i always got especially in the south and you you probably understand that oh in there. i do <laughs> um, absolutely but they, yeah they um I remember thinking like, we don't believe that, but we actually 100% do believe that. We and 100% that, do. Yeah. And um, people like, I still remember, I brought her up before, but this this woman that asked us about like, um, as a single mother, like, why can't I be still just me and my kids? Like, why do I need a fucking man to do that? And, um, but you don't go there. Those are the questions you don't go to. And, um, but they're valid questions. Like, I don't know, but the church isn't willing to address them. Mm -hmm. And I, um, it's, but then they, they give the, this message of like the mixed messages, like you were saying, like, but like with the temple too, like, um, you can have questions, like you can go through that ceremony, the endowment ceremony and be like, what the fuck? I remember, yeah. um, going through, okay. There's another thing that I thought of when you were talking about your temple experience. So, um, my sister, my older sister, when she got married, she went through the temple, like maybe a week before she got married. And then, and I remember sitting, standing in the prayer circle with her and going through the, the, all the stuff. And that one, that one part where you, Oh, what is it? Oh God, hear the oh, words of my mouth. The, my mouth. Mm -hmm. the look, she and I met eyes during that. And I, she, the look on her face, she was just like, what the fuck? You know, like, yes. and <laughs> that's when I was thinking that same thing. And um, I remember, I think I deliberately looked at her that uh, during that because I wanted to see her reaction because I knew that that's the, like, that's a fucking weird part, you know, like that's when it feels like I'm in a fucking cult, you know, like, mm -hmm. um, and I, like the it was kind of a a payoff moment for me because I was like I didn't feel alone suddenly like mm -hmm. I was just like oh even my sister who is very devout and very into this and she's about to get married sealed to this man is also is feeling what is happening right now but yeah. you can't go there you can't you can't go there like you just yeah. go with it and and they teach you to continue to go instead of like, and even if you have questions, just yeah. keep going. It's fine. This is, this is important for your salvation. So you just, you have to do this. You have to do this. Yeah. Um, and if you're asking questions, that's, that's faith. You know, you just, you're just lacking the faith. So go pray to God about it. But then I don't know. I just, there's so many, like you said, like things just don't add up. And I, um, for me, I was, it was like, a, it was kind of a little bit of that. Like I was just, for me, I was like seeing through the bullshit of like, cause working a desert book, it was like seeing the culture of the church yeah, in like, totally like in a, a very up close and personal way of like yeah. people bitching at me for not having a product that, or like um, not having the latest, I don't know, like book by the prophet or something like not being in stock on these things. And I'm like, um, excuse me, ma'am, <laughs> sister, <laughs> you were yelling at me about something that's like not having a religion, like a, a Christian, like something that's supposed to teach you about Christ. Like, yes. 
Yes. And you're you don't see the you don't see the irony here. Irony, like, yes. <laughs> something's yep. not like it's and during Christmas, like the worst. I worked at Walmart and I would a hundred percent, a thousand percent rather work for those like at Christmas at Walmart over yeah. Desert Book because like, the Desert yeah. Book customers are relentless and they are um they expect you to bend over and take it <laughs> and, you know just like yeah and yeah. they they know that that's the that's also the you know the business structure that desert book has built out because they um they want the business of the church members obviously because they have a very small niche you know and so they have to accommodate but because of that, I always I got so frustrated with them because it was I would just have to bite my tongue all the time because I'm like, mm-hmm, whatever you say, sister, I'll give you fifty percent off for your discomfort. You know, yeah. like I just I don't. Yeah. Uh, and then um, so that you like you have the retail plus the with the Mormon filter, you know, and just oh, terrible experience. I still have nightmares about that place. I honestly do. That surprise me. It really doesn't. Like, <laughs> oh. Uh, yeah. Um, but I, like, uh, when I go to, when I think about, like, my uh, my ba- battle, it's weird to think of my battle with my sexuality now because I'm so far past it, which is great. Yeah. But at the same time, I'm just, like, um, thinking of it as a battle is telling in of itself, you know, and it's fucked up to think of that. Like, um, but I think the reason like you were saying, uh, what led you to leave was like, just like things not adding up, but like, that's how it kind of came out for me too. Is it was just like, at some point we got to diverge. Like I'm, you're not, this isn't where I, you don't want me here for one. You do want me here, but only if I act the way you want me to. And yeah. so, um, and that's not going to work for me because uh, I've, I also prayed to God and he told me like, whatever the, like, whatever now I like, I'm a little more on the agnostic side. So like, mm-hmm. I don't, um, but that experience, I still remember those feelings I had. The church is very big on the feelings that you get from those, um, from praying. And um, I think, it built it goes into like what you said like the feeling of relief because it wasn't i don't think it was necessarily maybe an answer from god or whatever but it was like just my own relief that made me feel that way was that finally i came quote unquote came out to god and i in prayer and it was it was a beautiful experience for me um, I felt relief. I felt suddenly just like liberated and I could finally feel like just like all those things that have been weighing me down, just like suddenly were just gone. And granted, it took me a while still to like come out to like people in my purview, but like I, um, that was the moment to me when I was done. Like um, I, I wish I could remember the day and all that stuff so I could continue and remember it, you know, but I just remember that experience. Um, and, and really I celebrate when I, as my coming out was when I came out to my parents, that time of frame, but like, cause that was when it was really important to me. Like once they knew, didn't care who knew, you know, kind of thing. Yeah. And so, um, but like 
the relief that you feel after like finally deciding like this is the path I'm going to go on and it doesn't have to include the church and that framework that you've built and I um I don't know I it was I remember like uh crying obviously but I was just like I kept expecting so I had prayed before though I had prayed about it, but in a different framework of, um, I keep saying that's a buzzword for me today, I guess. Um, (laughs) (laughs) I I kept praying with the idea of make me straight, make me and take this away from me rather than this is who I am and this is who I've always been. So I'm just going, and now I'm going to accept it. And I think that was the difference there. And I, I think it's kind of parallel with your experience in that you, um, this is not working for me. So we're going to let it go. Like the marriage isn't working for me. The church isn't working for me. And now I'm free. Yeah. Yeah.